With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Welcome back to Dwayne's Sport. Dwayne's Sport for Brickline Brewing. They're doing very tasty things at Brickline. You can find Brickline in all good bottle shops. And we're here for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. I'm sure those that listen to Matt McKeldon on the driver's seat on SEN are up with this story. Or if you are a Supercars fan, you're probably up with this story as well. But a lot of people don't know that Supercars could lose, well, arguably their best driver, Brody Kostecki. To tell us a bit more about it, Matt McKeldon's been good enough to give us some of his time. Matt, welcome to you. Great to have you on. Thank you, Dwayne. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And welcome to start of a new supercar season which uh, I reckon after last year's difficulties in parity and losing staff and losing drivers and other bits and pieces we were hoping that the supercar season was going to start nice and gently and go and have a great race first up at Bathurst but uh, all of a sudden we've got this nuclear bomb that's just hit in the last 48 hours. So what is the latest uh, with Brody and, and what are the reasons behind the fact that he could even well not just sit out the start of the season but sit out the season? It's it's a really interesting topic, this one, because this is a little team, Erebus, who basically took it up to the big guns last year, won the Drivers' Championship. Uh, they didn't win Bathurst, but they have won Bathurst previously. Um, but there just seems to be something within the Erebus organisation, or unfortunately someone within the Erebus organisation, that we just cannot, they're, they're just not able to retain their drivers. Um, we've seen in the last couple of years some big names leave that team, like Anton Di Pasquale, Dave Reynolds, Will Brown last year, and Brody now. And there was certainly uh, there was certainly the relationship between the team manager Barry Ryan uh, and some people within the team, including Brody, was starting to just go downhill a little bit last year. And this story uh, actually got broken yesterday by Andrew Van Leeuwen from Speed Cafe. It's been going on for a couple of months. In fact, Brody left the team two months ago. And a lot of what's being reported right now is we may lose him for 2024. We may this, we may that. All the people that I've been speaking to, he's gone. He is not racing for Erebus in 2024. Um, He would rather sit out the year, possibly rejoin supercars in 2025 with another team than drive for Erebus Motorsport and Unfortunately, the lightning rod to all of this seems to be uh, team manager Barry Ryan. So um, Erebus will move on. I noticed in that story you quoted with Andrew Van Leeuwen, they're saying that, well, he's saying that they'll just go and get someone like Todd Hazelwood or someone else to, to drive for Erebus. So, they'll, so are, they, are they happy for this to have happened? Or what's the, 
Uh, are they? No. Uh, no. No. No, I don't think they are. And why would you be? I mean, Brody, Brody is another one of those prodigious type talent drivers. But he's also a bloke who is no fuss. You know, you, you, if you look at his social media, um, you won't see him riding uh, a bike down Beach Road and mm. having coffees and taking photographs of his watches and doing all that sort of stuff. Mm. Brody Kostecki is a racer. And if he's not racing, he's working on cars. And if he's not doing that, he's in a simulator. He is just a, a dyed-in-the-wool racer. And uh, he did a fantastic job for them last year. He's a humble bloke. Um, and I think genuinely people really, really internal of the team and external of the team really, really like and rate what Brody Kostecki stands for and how he goes about his business. So I don't think that this is something that obviously they'd be happy about, but he's also a man from my interactions with him who is very steadfast. When he says, I'm doing something, he does it. And I think from, again, all the conversations that I've been having... He basically walked out in December and said, I'm not racing for this team anymore. And, and it seems to be, as I say, coming back to a breakdown in the relationship with Barry Ryan. And, you know, at the end of the day, we, you know, we saw it last year with Richmond when Dimmer walked out on, mm. on Richmond and we saw it with St Kilda and their, their GM in recent times. People fall out of love. It just happens sometimes. But unfortunately for Erebus, this is the fourth top-line driver they've lost in the last couple of years. And there seems to be a common factor, which is really unfortunate. So is there a team out there with a seat for Brody or not? No. No, there's not. We're, we're a month out from the season and uh, everybody is locked in. So the grid is locked in, which is unfortunate, again, for fans and for supercars, is that we're going to miss out on a year of Brody Kostecki. Um, all indications is he's going to go to NASCAR this year and do four races. Erebus have a pretty tight relationship with Richard Childress Racing in the United States. So we think that this is what he's going to do and sit out. He he is under contract. He will not be allowed to drive for anybody else. Right. And this team is owned by a lady called Betty Clemenko. And she has steadfastly said throughout her ownership life of, of Erebus, if you don't want to drive for us, regardless of contract, I'm just going to let you go. If you don't want to drive for us, we don't want you. See you later. It seems in this instance, however, that contract at this stage of the game is being enforced and he's going to sit out, by his own choice, he's going to sit out uh, the 2024 season because what happens in 2025 is a number of drivers come off contract. Both drivers at DJR come off contract. There's possibly an opportunity in three or four other top-line teams. And, and if you're a team at the moment, you'd be all over Brody Kostecki saying, mate, hang fast, we want you in 25. And while I got you, uh, so who is going to be the favourite this season and who's got the good drives and who are you liking so far? One name keeps coming up in my brain and that's Cam Waters from Monster Energy Racing and, and uh, Tickford. They've downsized from four cars to two, so they've focused all of their, uh, all of their funds and all of their um, mental capacity on their two drivers, Thomas Randall and Cam Waters. He's the bridesmaid, right? He, he's done so well even with an underperforming Mustang last year um, he is the only guy that can take it from the Ford camp to the GMs last year so I think with what they've done in the offseason I think he's ready to rock and roll ironically he's out of contract at the end of this year too so we could see Brody potentially in the, into a Mustang next year um, Chas Mostert I think you, you should always count Chas Mostert in your possibilities 
Um, he's built a beautiful team around him at, at WAU. They've got good funding, and if that Mustang in the off-season has actually become a decent car rather than a, a, a motorised brick, as it was last year, yeah. um, he could be um, he could be in with a chance as well. But, you know, we never know. We've got 12 rounds. We kick off at Bathurst in a month's time. Um, no Brody Kostecki, no Shane Van Gisbergen, of course, no Jamie Wincup. Uh, Brock Feeney could be in with a run from Triple Eight. Um, he, he's up and coming. He had a great year in his debut year. Not so good last year, but he could come on strong in his third year for, for Red Bull. So without Kostecki, without Van Gisbergen, the field has definitely opened up. So I'm hoping that we have a, a really good year because after last year's difficulties we really really need a good competitive year in supercars and how's the parity looking between the two brands if you like yeah well that's the that's the sixty four thousand dollar question because both cars went over to the united states and got um uh, a lot of time in wind tunnel testing they are reporting that they have found anomalies between the two and they've now been able to deal with those anomalies and close the, those two up from an aero perspective we're currently going through engine um, engine dyno testing currently. Um, so I would hope that after the efforts that have been put in in the off-season by Supercar, we do get a much closer product than we had last year because that was just not a great show last year and it took way too long for Supercars to react to anything. And um, I think the fans are screaming for a decent year. Talking to Matt McKeldon, host of the driver's seat on SEN. Uh, Matt, got to talk some F1 with you as well. What's happening in the F1 off-season? I noticed they've announced a new venue as well that uh, there's going to be another street circuit. There's a few not happy about the proliferation of street circuits, um, but uh, they've announced another one, I understand, or about to. Yeah, we're, we're, I, the, the street circuit versus um, existing circuit thing is a tough one because we're a business, right? We've seen in Formula 1 the drive to survive success and NASCAR have just dropped their version of that as well. You've got golf, you've got tennis, all that kind of thing. So you've got to take the racing to the people. And street circuits tend to do that. Governments like like the Victorian government around Albert mm. Park and the same within supercars. We like to get, we bring the racing to the people. We can put on big concerts and all of that sort of stuff. And I think there's a level within Formula One, uh, you know, a very heavy level of, of traditionalists that don't like it when we go away from traditional Formula One circuits. But like everything, Pipe, it's a business, right? So if there is a government, if there is a country that is willing to pay a truckload of money to have a Formula One race there and you can bring people into the city and you can beam fantastic images from around the countryside and all that sort of stuff from a tourism perspective, that's what they're going to go for. And the reality is with Formula One, it is a very big business. And so if that money's on offer, they're going to take it. And if that comes at the expense of a of a, an existing traditional circuit, then so be it. And, you know, the big one from there is Monaco. Every year there is talk and discussion whether Monaco is still relevant from a racing product point of view um, and from an international television point of view. And it wouldn't surprise me that at some point in time we even lose Monaco off the calendar. Wow. Which is the iconic venue in, in many respects. I know there's not a lot of overtaking, but in terms of the cachet that it brought to Formula One, it's always been the the one that showed it on the international stages. Um, you know, there was not a better place to be racing in the world than Monaco. 
Yeah, and you're, you're right. The, the images that we all see from Monaco, I mean, I've never been, but I know my wife certainly wants to one mm. day sit on the back of a boat at Monaco Harbour and watch the Grand Prix. Everyone wants to go there. From a racing product, to be fair, it's pretty rubbish. Unless it rains, um, it's a pretty boring watch, really. If you put that thing on pole and you, you make the first two corners, um, unless you trip over something, there's a fair chance that you're going to win the race. So, uh, But again, it just depends on where the money comes from and which countries are trying to grab a Formula One Grand Prix. As I say, I don't think it's happening. It, it, it ha- there's discussion about it every single year. I don't. I, it, it's one of those ones that I think if you gave a vote to everybody, they'd probably pull Monaco, but no one's willing to put the vote and no one's actually willing to put their hand up. But I know that it's logistically a difficult race to be at uh, for teams. Um, I know it's difficult for the principality, but it is one of those foundation races and it'll be difficult to get rid of. But I, I, as I say, some of the contacts I've had is that they would, uh, they'd love to flick Monaco if there was a better option. And any advanced news on what might be new for Albert Park this year? Um, no, just that it sold out a long time ago um, <laughs> yeah. and that it's going to be a pretty massive event. I think the thing to, to what we look forward to within Formula One this year is, um, you know, Danny Ricciardo hopefully staying healthy this year and, and seeing what they can do with, uh, with that team. Um, and the big one is Oscar Piastri, right? At the end of, well, middle way through the Formula One season last year, they gave Oscar a very, very good car. He was starting to trouble Lando Norris. And I think as we now come back into his second season, his confidence should be up the car. Looks good. Hopefully, we've got we've got uh, testing coming up fairly soon, so we'll wait and see there. But I, I think the Melbourne Grand Prix is going to be absolutely sensational. And to have two Aussies on the grid, who knows whether they're both going to be in competitive cars. But I think Oscar is something to really look forward to because everybody in the know rates him as a future world champion if he actually gets the car underneath him. So that's going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, I might uh, get on to Hayden from uh, the F1 try and find out if they're going to build some more grandstands and sell some more tickets because uh, right now they could sell a grandstand out uh, within five minutes if they opened up another area, but I'm not sure they're allowed to get any more in. So I better check uh, with Hayden on that before I open my mouth too much on it. Matt, great to have you. <laughs> Always good to talk to you. And, uh, and I can't wait to hear the driver's seat again on SEN. Uh, when's the next one drop? Uh, we've, we're going to start just around the, um, the start of the supercar season, so about a month away. So... Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday nights, 8 till 10 p.m. Lots of guests, lots of laughs, lots of fun, lots of truth, lots of honesty, um, lots of text messages. So we're, we're getting quite a bit of feedback online at the moment about asking when we're coming back. So I'll better go and dig Stevie J off his uh, lawnmower and see if we can uh, see if we can get back on air in about a month's time. I bet he mows well. Um, great to have you, Matt. We'll talk soon. Very fast. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure he does the lines better than I do too. Uh, you can check out the driver's seat on SEN uh, in a couple of weeks. Matt McKeldin, good enough to join us. And uh, yeah, normally, I mean, we have Andrew Westacott on this program quite a bit, but uh, Westy's not involved anymore, so I can't just send him a text message. Hey, Westy, are you open up? Are you building a couple of extra grandstands this year? But uh, let's hope he's going to get the Bulldogs up the ladder. He's doing some good things in the AFL space, loves his Bulldogs immensely. Back to wrap it all up after the break. Great to have your company on Dwayne's World. Keep your text coming through on that 40 Winks Temper text 0433 98 11 16. Your new Temper Pro T-E-M-P-U-R Temper. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other.